It is a truth universally I acknowledged. I myself have noticed my growing resemblance to a daffodil. that is gold does not glitter. Not how I would die. Not all. Though I had reason enough in the last few months. If you want to rebel, rebel exist, from inside the system. But because they tell us that dragons I'm your host Vicky from Miss Vicky's Bookcase. Let's begin our story together. So I've got a review for you today and that is Ruin of Kings by Jen Lyons. It's about L-Y-O-N-S, so I'm thinking lion as in like a cat lion. But anyway, so this is her debut novel, which came out several years ago now, and it's quite an interesting novel, but we'll get into that in a second, because I want to give you some definite trigger warnings for this book, because there is quite a few, and I'm kind of giving them just some main headings. So you've got which sounds kind of weird, but if you read the book, you'll know what I mean. Mental rape, torture, slavery, abuse, including sexual and physical abuse, and death. Lots and lots of death. Like, um, tons of death. It's almost like the bodies are piling up kind of death. Well, at least it feels like that to me. But if you are someone who is very much triggered by a lot of death, please don't read this book. And that includes any kind of abuse situation. Again, don't read this book. It's kind of... It's not similar, if I say, The Puppy Wars, but it is kind of similar towards that darkness. So just be aware of that if you're going to read this book. Now, having said that, this, well, this is not bad. I like this much better than I like The Puppy Wars. The Puppy Wars were just so well written that I just couldn't help but want to read. But this one is different in the fact that the story is different and it's not so hard hitting as the Poppy Wars, which is great. So let's start with my usual thing of the biography of the author. And this is a little excerpt she's written on her website. It's quite funny. So it goes, I live currently in Atlanta, Georgia, after having lived most of my life in Los Angeles, California. After self-identifying as an artist, graphic designer and illustrator since I was a child, I've since come to the conclusion that while a picture is worth a thousand words, I'd rather have the words. I have one husband, three cats, and nearly an infinite number of opinions on anything from feminism to the correct way to make a martini. I sometimes think that writing is my personal excuse for endless world building and an alibi for when the FBI wants to know why I'm doing all this research on suitcase nuclear weapons and M-theory. I have an obsessive love of semiotics, mythology, occult mysticism and science. So basically, I'm a geek and proud. (laughs) I like that. I really like it when authors write their own little biography and it's quite funny and it gives me a great glimpse again into their personality and how that reflects in the book. It's always nice knowing a little bit about the author. The other thing I wanted to also mention is that this is actually the first in the series uh, with the latest coming out in May this year. So I think that is the last in in the particular series, but we'll just have to see. As these books are massive, if you do want to read the latest book coming out in May, if you start now, you should be able to binge read them before May. (laughs) I admit, I don't think I could manage that at the moment, not with what I've got going on, because this was a hefty chunker, I think around 670 or 80 pages. So that gives you some idea. I think the other books might actually be longer. So you now may be wondering, what on earth is this book about? You've said it's kind of similar to The Poppy Wars, but not in the fact that the storyline is similar, just the darkness. Now, basically, what 
the summary is, is as a bar's apprentice, Corinne grew up with tales of legendary deeds. He also steals, desperate to buy a way out of the Quas slums. Then he raids the wrong house, he's mocked by a demon, and his life will never be the same again. Corinne's plight brings him to the attention of royalty, who claim him as the long-lost son of their immoral prince. Immoral? I thought like that said immortal then, but still. <laughs> he's, not immor- uh, he's not immortal, but he definitely is immoral. But far from living the dream, Corinne's at the mercy of his new family's ruthless ambitions. However, escaping his jeweled cage just be- makes matters worse. Corinne is horrified to learn he's at the centre of an ancient prophecy, and every side from gods and demons to dragons and mages want him as their Porn. Those old stories lied about many things too, especially the myth that the hero always wins. Then again, maybe Corinne isn't the hero, for he's not destined to save the Empire. He's destined to destroy it. Ah. Do you know, sometimes I wonder about these summaries because it kind of does give that kind of information, but at the same time I'm like, I, I I don't know if I can agree, which is funny because I know how hard it is to write a summary for any kind of book. Also, I kind of don't really want to spoil why I disagree with the summary. I mean, I kind of don't disagree, but I do disagree, but I don't. Oh, it's one of those that otherwise I'm just going to be talking myself that I do and I don't. (laughs) So we're going to move on from there without me saying why I disagree. But just suffice it to say, I just disagree a little bit. Just the tiniest smidge. <laughs> so Corinne is, I have to say, he's really well thought out. He's full of flaws. And it was nice to see that it's just a young boy. He's 16 at the start of this book. And he just wants to get away from it all. He wants to get out of the slums. And he just wants to be a young man, be in love. Yes, he is in love right at the beginning. It's fine. It's not overpowering. <laughs> it's slightly funny because it feels definite like a crush. Definite crush kind of going almost borderline into like the youthful obsession. You know what it's like when you're 16 and you see someone and you're like, it's a person I like. Well, that's kind of like what it is. So just so you're aware of that, it's, 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 it's well done. This, of course, I mean, the thing is as well, he actually has ambition to do this and it's great because he actually almost has enough and then he burgles this house and he witnesses this demon and people basically sucking the soul out of this person and they want a specific thing and Corinne basically grabs some stuff and heads out and runs for it and he thinks he's safe, which is fine. Basically, when he does this, it leads to a chain of events that it's so many different plots and twists and it's really good to see because you see him start out as, I wouldn't say even a weak character, he starts as a very strong character but at the end of the book he's a very very strong character, you can see why he does things as he does, you can also see definite character flaws, his impatience sometimes really impatient and also the stubbornness to go back to a certain place I'm like why would you go back there that seems really dumb but at the same time he's got family oh it just it's just so nicely intricate and I just love the way that Corinne is written it's so good I like it I I, I love the plot I can 
work around any bad writing if the plot is good and if the character writing is very good and I really enjoyed the character writing and I especially liked the secondary characters. Now as I said in my trigger warning there is a lot of death in this book and it feels a little bit like you get to know one character and then they are killed and then you introduce to another character and yep then they're killed too. There are several deaths that actually upset me because I felt like, well, I felt invested by the way in those characters, which is the good and bad news at the same time. So I felt like the secondary characters are good enough that I kind of want them to be there, but then they died and I'm like, oh, I feel very upset and like, but at the same time, it's like, it. this is the world building bit that I really like is the fact that you can in this world petition the goddess of the underworld to actually bring them back to life which I really like and I'm really hoping that when I read the second book that at least three of the characters that I really liked that did die are brought back to life. I don't want to mention who they are because I feel like this is going to spoil so bad because as I said lots of death you get invested death that's the thing is is I feel like those that did die weren't really deserving of their fate in fact there were several characters that I'm like oh that's nasty way to die and I'm like I don't think you deserve that there are one or two people where I'm like you don't why didn't you die horribly nastily I mean I don't want people to die horribly nastily I just should clarify but it's like it feels like the innocent are getting the rough deal here and the fact that Jen Lyons can write the characters in this way says to me that overall generally all the characters are well written. I really like the snake people by the way. That was nice. I like having different characters. You, you get used to having elves and dwarves and halflings. So with the atmosphere and this is the quickest part of it uh, I feel like the tone is really full of desperation as things go bad to worse in some scenes and I definitely feel very involved and the atmosphere is very well written, the world is well written, it just it just doesn't leave as much of an impression as I'd want to on really if we're going with atmosphere. I think this is probably my lowest scoring part where it didn't leave as much as of an impression as I'd want it to be. Not like the characters or the plot or the writing. They certainly marked, they were marked much higher really than the atmosphere. But it's not like it was a bad atmosphere either. It was still certainly still good. But I'm recording this a good week or two after I read the book and I'm struggling to remember what the atmosphere is like. So it kind of gets marked down because I can't really remember it which means that although it was good it was a tip-top condition if that makes sense. Now the writing is very interesting because it's actually split into two perspectives and this kind of reminds me a little bit of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue again not because of the way the plotline works but kind of like the alternating chapters where you had Addie in the 17th century or previous years and then you had her in the modern sense and this is kind of what happens with Corinne and how the story is written. So we begin the story with our protagonist in jail and he is telling the story of how he got there with a character called Talon who is his jailer. Talon does actually feature throughout the book. I feel like that's a spoiler but it's very obvious from the very beginning and 
what they do is uh, Talon has this special stone which records memories in or rather people talking so she wants to record how Corinne got to where he was and so Corinne starts telling the story now he tells it from when he is a slave because things happen and he gets to be a slave and it tells from that point onwards however Talon on the other hand when you're alternating the storylines is telling the story from when Corinne first bungled the burgle so to speak (laughs) and when he first his life first got intersected with powers that were beyond his control and when his life really started taking a different direction so she's starting from there which is actually before he was a slave which makes it confusing I was slightly confused with that because he tells his bit and then you go back a bit and then he yeah I did like that aspect and that perspective Um, oh I should mention by the way that the reason why Talon is telling these stories is she's not telling it from her own perspective she's actually a shapeshifter and she's a shapeshifter that absorbs people's memories so the stories that she tells are from those people which I found absolutely fascinating Talon I should have mentioned in the character section I really like Talon not because I like the fact that she's like a nutter But I really liked the fact that as a character, she has these powers and I found it fascinating that she can absorb people's memories. She doesn't actually have to kill them to absorb their memories, I believe, but still. And I like that. And this gives a very clear aspect and view of the story. So she's telling the story from people around Corinne, which actually helps when you're looking at the motivations but sometimes it can get confusing as I've said but I did like it which is nice this kind of leads nicely onto the plot and this is where you kind of it's not like it wasn't obvious before but this is a definite big cast story and I was really glad that the author put a glossary at the back because I struggled to remember who was who a little bit and there were a couple of times when the character had been introduced like ages ago and then they came back into the story and I'm like who's that what are they doing and it's obvious that you should know who this is (laughs) and I had to go look them up and I was like oh that's who that is I still can't remember them from before I've got had to make notes and I I, I'd I'd written this one person's name like three or four times (laughs) I was like I obviously don't remember this person very well it is my biggest complaint actually that it was a struggle to keep up with all the different characters and to remember who the side characters were and sometimes the long names also confused me which uh it's it's more of a dyslexic thing um but having said that i think also because the plot was so intricate involved and twisty it it makes it hard sometimes to try and remember everything that's going on but we do start off really with as I said before with Crin trying to earn money to get away from the life he leads as a thief and a bard he does live in a brothel with his stepfather and unlike most parents he wants his father to come away with him because his father's looked after him and he is his he came he classes him as his real father which you know it's fine and I like that it's nice to have parents who aren't the ones that are the problems and the thing is is because he was trying so hard to get away from this he does stupid things almost like 
instead of just earning money being a bard and just getting out that way he burgles places rich places and this is of course where it goes south because he witnesses a demon pulling out someone's soul and he runs and gets away with it and he thinks he gets away with it but no he doesn't and then things happen and it's like ah, oh just some of it just some some of the stuff is like very gross <laughs> I can't really say too much more about the plot without giving away huge spoilers and this is the difficulty when giving a review so I think I've said this like a million times you kind of want to tell people all about it but at the same time you kind of like you don't want to spoil it because it kind of is a surprise this is a definite kind of surprise you think it's going to be one thing but it's not another and this kind of leads me to the intrigue of it all because as an emotional reader I like to be taken along for the ride and try not to work out what is going to happen next having said that I did think that I had figured out some things and then get hit with the fact that that was what the author wanted you to think and then they'd throw you the actual real fact in, and that would throw you in a completely different direction and then you're like, oh, but what if she's lying about everything else? I don't... It kind of like... You imagine those kind of... You know when you're trying to work out the crime you've got all those lines. It feels like that a little bit, which is really good. I loved it. It's really satisfying that you can kind of follow the clues along with the main protagonist and what you think is the actual answer isn't the actual answer and that is great that kept me going throughout and I really loved it and this kind of as well the logic of the book it was generally spot on but there was one character at the very end where it felt like she reacted in a way well she reacted in a way that I didn't quite it's not that I disliked actually I did dislike what she did it's just that it kind of was totally out of character but then you think that she was a slave and she was under command that she couldn't disobey and then she was freed from that and then she kind of like went crazy almost and the thing is is that she knew the people very well from a very young age she's been there for like 20 years or so or longer and the way she reacted especially to the younger members who I don't think deserved what she did also, she just sounded like a complete nutjob at the end, whereas before she was this calm, commanding, regal lady, and then, well, anyway, I feel like I've given actually too much away by saying regal lady, but you'll see what I mean when I say the reaction was way out of proportion, but at the same time, I can see where the author was coming from. To me, that logic just didn't quite make it. I think maybe if I read the second book it would probably make more sense then so I'm hoping that will clear up. That's the only real thing that I would say that would go almost on the what on earth kind of logic sense but at the same time most things work pretty well. <sighs> the question now is did I enjoy it and the answer is yes and no. I found it really heavy going a little bit and it did take me quite a while. I love the way the plot for the book twisted around and turned and I love the different aspects including the snake people oh I also love the goddess of the underworld I really like her really really like her fantastic job the downside of course it was a little bit on the dark side for my taste it's not as bad as the poppy war of us as I said before but it is more towards the end of the spectrum which is where I kind of was on the no side compared to having all the intricate plot twists, the things that happen and to me it is also a little bit on the brutal side. I prefer not to have it quite so brutal but 
Again, that's my personal preference. Overall, I gave it a four star and I will be carrying on with the rest of the series because I do want to know what's going to happen and whether Corinne actually manages to overcome the problem that he now has. <laughs> that's the best way of putting it. And it's great if the book has interested me enough and it is a four star, which in my book is a good, it's above average. I do think, however, that I need to take a little breather between this book and the next book because it was a little bit too heavy, if that makes sense. But, you know, maybe I might get to finish the whole quartet by the end of the year. Who knows? I hope you've enjoyed listening to our review today and that it has given you some idea as to whether you'd want to read it or not. If you have read it, feel free to jump over to my Instagram page and jump on and tell me if you liked it or not. It's one of those where it's kind of a little bit hit and miss perhaps for some people. I'll see you next week. Bye. Pearl of cities. People really are this like houses is not with vast rooms and tiny Libraries rooms. were full of ideas. Perhaps the most dangerous and powerful. She delighted in the smell of the ink, the rough fill of the paper. Had commented once that Neil had a gift for making someone want to punch him is not a good children's story. Very weak-minded, refused to be influenced by literature and poetry.